ways of death. That's supposed to use this thing. <laughs> now, none of those who like to just throw it It's an immense privilege to, to open the Latin for 2022 validity. <laughs> and uh, I've only to say, my lord, what, what actually do you want them to be here as we launch it into a new year? I'm very, very eager to look at that. And we've got a skill, it's important that we should add a word that is our minds together around the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And thank you, musicians, but thank you for doing that this morning. Yes. It was, it was so Jesus suited. Yeah. And I didn't tell. that was lovely. In fact, the Lord seemed to move me to a rather curious um, place, mainly to Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. If you flip your sheets you find that Paul arrived in the Greek port town of Thessalonica, having just been beaten up at Philippi. So it's, it's not a really good place to be. And he arrived in Thessalonica, and he could not have been there for more than three weeks before he was booted out of that town. So three weeks. Three weeks is not a very long time when you come with the gospel into a Gentile city and nobody knows anything about the gospel. One of the advantages he did have was in the synagogue. So there were certain Jews who of course know their Old Testament. So for less than three weeks, Paul evangelizes in the city before he's boosted out from there. He goes to Athens and yeah, he's concerned. He hasn't really been given time by the Holy Spirit to, to root this church in Thessalonica. His disappearance has made no real difference to their situation there. They are being persecuted. They persecuted Paul. Once Paul had gone, they determined to undermine the Christian church in Thessalonica. So the new Christians were not having a good time. So what's the point of being a Christian? This is the way Paul was thinking. These guys are under pressure and they've got very little resource to hold them there. He had left a couple of folk from his own team behind to try and hold it together. But the letter of this evidence indicates a certain amount of concern in the mind of the Paul. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to say what Paul was able to assess in terms of what he had left behind. And then it's kind of a theological background. I'm going to use that kind of terminology, but that's what it is. And then next week, you better have to listen to me a second time. 
And I'm going to fill in the variables. If this is several, and I'm going to get that this is where we should be in the images. To start this, and then by assessing the capital that we have in the variables. And then, next week, we said, well, then what are we going to do with it? How do we going to affect us? Now, I want also to remind you that when Paul talks about you, he is not centering in on a particular individual. How many years do we this? You know, Red Paul's letters and you, that might me, doesn't it? It actually doesn't. It means you. Mm. It's always true. He's talking in terms of, unless he's writing to the Philosophers, he's always talking in terms of congregation. Mm -hmm. So see yourself as fitting into that context, but realize that Paul is talking to liberty, of which you are a member. So it does apply to you that the promises the blessings and the characters. Mm -hmm. He begins then saying, well, what do the, he, this new bunch of Christians, what do they know about themselves in relation to God? So we begin at the beginning of the letter in chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, brothers and sisters. Stop there. We know that you are beloved by God. Do you know that? Actually, God loves. Ability. I don't do not care who's critical of ability, who's negative of our ability. God loves new branches. Right. Yes. And uh, it is. It's his initiative. Yes. And if John was to write years later, it's not that it's not we who love God. But he first loved us. Yeah. Now let's go to Catherine. You are loved, appreciated by the one who created heaven and earth. You're close to his heart. Starting with please, you kiss an enemy to the pressure. Know that. Then these people say that the God is heavens, that the God fills his creation, and he loves you. Love by God that He has chosen us, not there. Not only love, we've been chosen. Do you feel that God has laid His hand on you for a deliberate purpose. God never does anything for nothing. If you've chosen, you're chosen for a purpose. What is God's purpose for liberty in friendly gratitude? We are going to move into that as the year moves forward. 
we start from the position that God has laid his hand upon us with purpose. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Remember those three weeks, Thessalonians? Remember the proclamation of the word? Do you remember the movement of the Spirit in your hearts? And suddenly you became bright eyed as the truth of God's love and salvation for you came through, how it began to transform your lives. It changed your mindset. You began to see your world differently. You began to see your, your friends differently. You began to see your job differently. The world was changed by the operation of the Word and the Spirit. And we have that today. We have both the Word and the Spirit. Not just the Word. If you just have the Word, you can become like the Pharisees. Mm. Keep it. I'm going to be here and be very pleased with yourself for doing so. And therefore, in judgment of these other people who don't know as good as you do, that's that's the result of Bible only. But then there's other people, of course, in one. Spirit only, the matter the Bible says, I'm filled with the Spirit. God's poured out His Spirit on me, I'm speaking tongues, I do healing. I didn't have to worry about the Word. And when you get there, you get a kind of purposeless religiosity. That's how religion begins. Just the so called freedom of the Spirit. And in the Word of God, is ministered to the hearts of the congregation by the Spirit of God, then comes life. Then comes life. The boundaries are fixed, the parameters are there, and the dynamic to move forward. And then you will go. You've got that. You're loved. You're chosen. Got the word and you're filled with this. That, that is his promise. You know how we live among you for your sake. Paul is an example to those around him. Okay, here's the theory. Here's the reality. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And then it could be done to verse um, 9 and 10. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. <coughs> Idols are 
the culture in which the Thessalonians lived was a culture of idols. People's priorities. They put these things as the aim of their lives, but these things were totally, totally self-centered. But perhaps we understand the, the view that the Greeks and the Romans had about their gods. Um, their gods was human beings up there who needed to be pacified. Uh, you needed to stay on the right side of gods because gods were powerful things. And if you go on the wrong side of the god, you might put a curse on your home. You might kill your child. You might destroy your business. Gods were powerful, but they had their place. They were social in their relationships, national, they represented movements amongst humanity, principalities and powers, is the phrase that Paul means. But if a God is said to you, you can't sleep with your neighbor's wife, you could turn around to that God and say, that's no business of yours. That's my private affair. You stay out of that. In other words, there was very minimal moral content to a country that was based on idols. And may I suggest that there still is. Because we are still in a world of idols. They've got different names, of course. Prosperity, pleasures, popularity, wealth, success. What is your priority? Academic and athletic achievement? What is the thing which dominates your life? Which you are not prepared to concede to your authority of the Lord. That's the idea. And that's what creates the culture in which we live. And we need to, to be thinking of that right now and, and next week, I think. Because we all live in a culture. And it's a culture which is increasingly an idol-based culture. And you will notice that what happened in the greater Roman world is happening here. Those gods have no moral right upon our own decisions. And so we do see this moral degradation which is taking place all around us. We do live in a, in a land of, of corruption. We do live in a culture of so-called sexual freedom, which is no freedom at all. We do believe that we're in a position where we can decide where people fit into our own assessment scale. These people had heard a gospel that began to make them deceive their culture and say, ultimately, this is empty. And it is. You know, the person who worships success may well be successful. The person who worships wealthy, wealth may well become very wealthy. You've seen it all around. All those gods can convert blessings. But at the end of the day, 
Where are they when the crisis really hits them? So yes, it's, it's easier to go into a, a, a private hospital if you've got lots of money. Yeah, it is. You get better work. But even in private hospitals, people die. So, who is reminding me these, these Catholic Christians of what they have? Love, they've been chosen, they have the word, they have the spirit, and they have the change of life. It's called repentance. And repentance is not just being good, but repentance is here. Let me say that one more time. Repentance, the Greek word for repentance, refers to one's mind. It's saying not so much you must behave differently, you've got to think differently. You've got to learn to reassess what is actually important. You will realize that the world works on a series of priorities and that those priorities are not available to us if we're in Jesus. Our priorities have got to be his priorities. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. The kingdom has its own culture, it has its own structure. This is what the Thessalonians have to face the world they live in. It's what we have. Okay, what's going to happen in 2022? Okay, now we're going to go forward. Well, we've got the Word of God and we've got the Spirit of God, so we're starting at that point. Uh, chapter 2, verse 13, we also thank God. That's how we began the letter. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but it actually is the word of God which is in work at work in you who believe. You've got the Word, you have the Spirit, and that Spirit is in you, and the application of that Word is going to continue to work in you. Change, transformation, right away to 2022. Be conscious of it. When you read your Bible, be conscious of the Spirit. What are you saying to me? Because I know what the Word says, but what are you saying to me? And I we too, we meet together. Whether it's online, whether it's anything like this, what are you saying to us? What's the vision? Where do you want us to go? What does this word mean for us this morning? That we're going to be in 2022. And uh, if you want to keep short, turn to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Let's look around you. Well, I hope that uh, someday that there's going to be sanctified. <laughs> Needs it. 
group of people who reach out to others beyond what is either considered rational, etc. What are you going to do? Listen to people talking about churches out there in the world. What are churches? Well, the professors, they're dull, they're boring. They do the same things over and over again. And incidentally, but if you don't blame the mainline churches for doing things over and over again, you're exactly the same. This is the little thought. What happens when somebody says, in the South Hall, in the Strand, a group of people meet on Sundays, go in there sometime and discover what it is to be taken seriously. Go in there with your problems, there'll be somebody who'll come alongside you. And when they come alongside you, they'll give themselves to you. Mm. Mm. What do we want people who live in the city? Who live in Australia and some of the West Germany? They've got problems to say. Well, we know where to go. Mm. I believe that's what the Lord wants to live to in 2022. Let me let May our God and Father Himself make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone, just as ours does for you. And may He strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our Lord Jesus. Please notice the phrase in both cases. May the Lord make. May the Lord strengthen. Yeah. Are, are you open to it? The Lord it is who wants to create love in us. Yes. It's his time. It's the Lord who wants to make us strong. Because it's his strength. And I need to say this too. That does not absolve us from the decisions we have to make. May he strengthen you, my Bible says, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy. That's not actually what Paul wrote. He wrote that you will be blameless in holiness. Not blameless in holiness. I think that's different. Blameless in Greek is a word which implies our responsibility. That we have not acted in a way which others can blame us. Holiness, that's God. So, yes, may the Lord make us, may the Lord make us be saved. But we also have to make decisions. There's one case in which St. Peter was very untheological. He'd been sleeping all of the day. And whether you did that. And he had this dream about this great big canvas sheep and all sorts of weird animals in it. And a voice saying, Rise, Peter, rise and eat. And he said, Ah, ah, never go. I've never eaten anything in my dream. And that's bad You can't say, No, Lord. <laughs> 
You either say no, or you say yes, God. But the moment you say no, it's not your own. He doesn't have that authority. And you see, a decision had to be made. Yeah, that Peter, he made a wrong decision. That he was doing some correcting. But he made the wrong decision. And sometimes we have to make this. God, God is working within us by word and spirit. He's working, he's changing us, he's transforming us. And all the way through, there are times where we have to make a decision. Yes. People would come in and I back and people who come to our gate. I think our gate is marked. I know that every homeless person in Sons of Greece knows which is our gate. And the long succession of And they come to the gate and I look at and say, oh, it's Corvus again. No, Lord, no. I have to make a decision. Is that my love for Corvus overflowing? But this is what's going to happen to us. We're going to be changed. We're going to, to love. Very love. And we're going to find conflict. Because our culture, increasingly, is not the culture of your business. It's not the culture of the culture of your sports club. It's not the culture of the world around you. So we then find areas of tension in our life, just as the Thessalonians did. Chapter 2, verse 14. For you, brothers, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your, from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displeased God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. Devastating. That's kind of weird. How often has I, have I said at a dinner table in some person's house and an opportunity has arisen to share the gospel. And I look at the table and I say, no. The object of so much of our country is to keep us from speaking to others so that they may be saved. And you say, can we? Yeah, we can. We can, in the power of the Spirit, break that chain in 2022. To be a group of people, they are others who are able to speak in every situation, lovingly, gently, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation that God has given to us in to be unafraid of any reaction or comeback, so long as when it comes, we act in love. Be ready, says, says Peter, be ready to give an answer 
When Paul talks about the communion service in him, in my Corinthians chapter 11, he says, Don't get me confused. You remember the Lord's death until he comes. There's always the people. Look for the people. What's going to happen in 2023? It's the Lord going to come. Love ones, chosen ones, spiritual ones, the word of God in your hand. Then they will say, And Lord, please, please, train us. Teach us to say yes. Yes, Lord, in such a way that we do not raise within ourselves obstacles to your purposes and to changing us. And make us together the power that you want us to be in the place where we live and live. We need to go serve and love him to be the place of the world.